Hello, and welcome to the Natural Dye Podcast, a place to hear the voices of individuals using color from nature. My name is Kelsey, and I'll be your host today. Sarah Bellows is the founder of the natural dye production business, Stony Creek Colors, which is currently focusing on growing and processing indigo for both home artisans and the larger fashion industry. Sarah and I sat down together in their indigo factory in Springfield, Tennessee, and discussed Sarah's journey and the role Stony Creek Colors is currently playing in the production of natural dyes. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Natural Dye Podcast. I'm Sarah Bellows. I am founder of Stony Creek Colors based in Springfield, Tennessee. Stony Creek Colors sells clean and safe plant-based dyes to artisan dyers in the textile industry, helping to provide a traceable and transparent supply of plant-derived colors. In 2011, my sister and I had been kind of diversifying the income streams at the business that we were running. So we'd taken on uh, doing custom dye work for other designers in addition to our own uh, selling of our own kind of designs at Whole Foods markets and boutiques and things like that. And uh, what I realized was that there were certainly garment dye houses out there equipped who could potentially process uh, and dye clothing with natural dyes, but the supply of the extracts uh, that was available was just really not consistent enough to get great results. So we did a couple trials um, with those types of garment dye houses and just um, found the challenges were really significant uh, and really could be traced back to the inconsistency of the raw material ultimately that was going into the um, equipment. And so sometimes that can be a beautiful thing, right? One of the awesome parts about natural dyes is that they do have lots of chemical constituents in them. It can um, really allow the colors to harmonize very well, but it also does present some really significant challenges when you go to make that step change kind of beyond the artisan and craft level into uh, industrial processing where you can't afford the time to go back and re-dye something if it doesn't meet, meet kind of the color standards that the customer set. So that's really where my sister and I found ourselves kind of struggling at this like, okay, you know, we're maybe dyeing a couple hundred yards a week of fabric or pounds of t-shirts, uh, but it's very labor intensive and very unpredictable still, uh, even with great note taking. And so uh, that led me to leave that business, Artisan Natural Dye Works, and start Stony Creek Colors to be focused on really like a pure play company uh, that is going to try to scale and commercialize natural colors from plants. In deciding to step away from the business that I was running with my sisters and start Stony Creek Colors, I knew that we needed a company uh, that was a leader in um, the United States that could offer a traceable and transparent supply of natural dyes, certainly, uh, you know, being able to tie it back to the farm source. But even beyond that, um, a company that would have science and innovation at its real focus. So uh, to certainly draw from the past in terms of, uh, you know, this amazing cultural and historical uh, you know, background in indigo production around the world, but also look to the future to say, how can we use plants to solve the needs of the future, really solve pressing environmental needs that we have today in, in fashion and in industry, and to do that through kind of modern scientific methods. So everything from plant breeding to make sure that we have a stable and consistent um, genetic base for the crops, which certainly helps you to have a real commercializable crop uh, that's predictable and has uh, yields that are sort of, um, you know, 
uh, somewhat stable from year to year. So, you know, using that as the footing from the company perspective of we need to have a really solid supply of the biomass. But everything um, from starting with the seed all the way through optimizing and improving the extraction methods to allow indigo to be made um, efficiently, it, you know, within the confines of American uh, or United States of America production. So, you know, labor costs are more expensive here than in some of the other places uh, that indigo might be grown. And certainly, um, you know, regulations for workers are um, are present for really great reasons. So we really uh, tried to design a system that could be mechanized and modernized and rely on machines to do part of the work that maybe in some other parts of the world um, for various reasons, it's done by hand labor, really, you know, dangerous or manual labor in uh, in extreme conditions of, um, pr you know, processing or other, you know, temperature or um, chemical handling. And, and so here in the U.S., we really tried to build a business from the chemical manufacturing standpoint that could allow us to, uh, to grow the business without necessarily uh, needing to compromise sort of... Uh, the worker safety aspect of it. So uh, from seed genetics and uh, new ways of extracting the dye all the way through, you know, our, our chemistry team now at Stony Creek Colors is figuring out new ways of using indigo, um, to turning indigo into new and exciting molecules that are really the future of uh, textile dyeing and chemistries. Um, and so across that whole value chain of agriculture from how we grow the crops and agronomic um, conditions for the farmer to use all the way through applications in the marketplace. Those are all really um, kind of the the full suite of what Stony Creek Colors does across the value chain. And and not to say that when we started, when I started the company, I knew everything we'd be working on, you know, um, seven years later. Uh, it's been awesome to see the factory grow and really um, so how inspiring really the work is for so many people and certainly our employees that have now um, helped the company get to the point where we're at. You know, we are um, every day truly innovating new ways of not just growing indigo, but, um, you know, leading this renewable chemical future for the textile industry. At Stony Creek Colors, we are very focused on natural indigo as really the first crop that we're scaling up and um, processing at a large scale. And so this, um, is for a couple of reasons, really. Our business model is to work with farmers to grow alternative crops and for Stony Creek to process them into high value um, renewable chemistries. The indigo itself as a plant is just an incredible um, chemical factory. Not only does it produce this crop, this chemical that's a very, very challenging to make synthetically. So the process for making synthetic indigo involves nine chemicals, most of which are carcinogenic or toxic. So things like benzene, cyanide, formaldehyde, um, sodamine. So these uh, reaction conditions and chemical inputs are really extreme. And it is something that this plant produces naturally. It, it produces uh, the precursor to indigo just through its normal biosynthetic pathways. And that's incredible. So beyond that, the plant is a, a really cool chemical factory. It's also a great crop for farmers in Tennessee and Kentucky to grow. So we don't actually have to irrigate the crop here. Um, we are choosing varieties that are legumes. And so they actually fix nitrogen that they need to um, 
it's not exactly self-fertilization, but they're able to, through a symbiotic relationship with bacteria in the roots, um, take nitrogen out of the air and use it, uh, turn it into soluble nitrogen that they can absorb for their plant food. And so um, each acre of indigo that we grow, can uh, plant can capture up to like 300 pounds of nitrogen to feed themselves and then also feed the next year's crop for all the stem and roots that stay in the ground. And so that kind of thing is really exciting for me because my uh, academic background was more in natural resource management and sustainable ag. And I think that ultimately uh, the real wins are not just when you have fine products that have good markets, but when the products that you are making are uh, regenerative and have not just great um, livelihoods for the people involved in them, but they're actually leaving the soil uh, or the environment from which they're procured better than when they found it. And so when you can find crops like uh, the tropical indigos, for example, that are legumes that have nematode suppression characteristics, are great carbon sequestration agents, it is to me like, why wouldn't we do whatever we can to create markets for those and create uh, enterprises that allow those plants to flourish? Before I started Stony Creek Colors and was running Artisan Natural Dye Works, uh, so we were offering garment dye services to designers and dyeing lots of garments ourselves with natural dyes. We needed more than we could produce ourselves, and so we were certainly ordering um, what most of us do, natural dye extracts from uh, folks selling them and providing a wonderful service really to the artisan community across the world of um, looking for traceable uh, products. What we've come to find, and, and when I started Sony Creek Colors, I certainly believed that there was just a market for a U.S. traceable natural indigo. Uh, unfortunately, since really um, developing new analytical tools that let us look at what products we were able to buy in the past and kind of what's out there right now in terms of uh, natural indigo supply, the unfortunate truth is that much of it is actually synthetic indigo um, or uh, natural indigo mixed with synthetic indigo or synthetic indigo mixed with fillers that make it appear to be lower purity so that uh, folks think that it's natural indigo. So um, we can test this through a couple different methods. One is kind of like basic analytical chemistry of um, looking for other constituents that might, that are always in natural indigo batches. So um, that's definitely one way. Another is to do actually like carbon dating where you can look at the basic carbon um, that would be found in any organic chemical um, and say, was this a plant that in the last, you know, one or 10 years was carbon dioxide in the atmosphere? The plant photosynthesized it to capture that carbon and uh, turn that into these, you know, uh, building chemicals of indican and that became indigo. So certainly, um, all of our indigo and we make it here and we test it through that method, it comes out 100% bio-based because we know it's all from plants that we process here. Um, that's just not the case with other uh, indigo supplies that do claim to be natural indigo. And uh, you know, sometimes there will even be brands of genes that will say, made with real indigo, which just means really synthetic indigo. Uh, so it is still indigo, the basic, um, chemical molecule is the same, but if you are looking to not purchase uh, chemicals that contain aniline or um, you know, toxic or potentially carcinogenic substances in them and you're trying to you know, remove that from either what you eat or what you wear or you know, what your artist tools are, then I think um, that's where uh, this 
mislabeling and really um, false identification can present a really big challenge. So we know that um, if you're buying natural indigo, uh, anyone can call anything natural. And so really having uh, traceable and verifiable and a third-party certification that is meaningful um, is the most important thing. At Stony Creek, we decided to get the USDA bio-preferred designation because we know that um, that's the only certification that actually tests to see was this definitely a bio-based product. Uh, we, we've definitely tested natural indigo from other suppliers that claim to have got certification, for example, the Global Organic Textile Standard, and it's come back as synthetic indigo. And so, unfortunately, we live in a world where the incentives to do those things are present. And um, if an artisan really can't be reasonably expected to have those analytical tools uh, at their disposal, we certainly didn't when we were running our uh, you know, custom dye house that did a lot of indigo dyeing. And so I do think that now with more access to information and, and sharing, it's hopefully something that will um, continue to emerge and really um, become uh, more of a focus for not just the artisan dye community, but the textile industry as well, because certainly we, um, we know that denim mills that are purchasing uh, natural indigo that they think is natural indigo from uh, certain suppliers are just really using synthetic indigo at this point, unfortunately. In the case of synthetic indigo, now over 90% of the synthetic indigo is made in China. Uh, about 9% is made in Germany. And uh, that's really where indigo is made uh, in terms of synthetic indigo, which is well over 99.9% of the indigo used in the world. So um, we are, we know that the route to get to synthetic indigo is not just benzene. It is um, requires formaldehyde. It requires nitric acid. Uh, it takes over half a pound of cyanide to make one pound of indigo. So all of these chemicals that are required along the route to making indigo uh, in a multi-step reaction that requires really high reaction conditions, uh, molten temperatures actually, and um, many of which have really, uh, well, the sodamine reaction which has a very high explosion risk. So um, we certainly are, uh, when we think about what Tenna is the future of United States chemical manufacturing, for example, it's not that we necessarily want to bring back this pretty toxic um, and dangerous processing, uh, you know, back to America, even though we've lost this industry um, due to low cost providers really being able to do it for um, le less of a cost than we could in the United States. Uh, we want chemical manufacturing here that is... Um, sustainable, that is safe, uh, that is transparent. And I think that can exist in the case of Sony Creek Colors within a community, right? We don't just need to be in a community to have a workforce, but we want to be in a community uh, where we can source our biomass from. You know, all of our farmers are located within about a 60 mile radius of the factory. So uh, this is something that uh, really was by design and I think is the, uh, hopefully the future for chemical manufacturing, you know, that if it's so dangerous to make something because the ingredients that are going into it are um, super toxic or going to explode or are if they were um, 
released, the factory would blow up and the whole town around them would, you know, be demolished, which unfortunately has happened in recent years. Um, and as recently as a couple of months ago in the case of a chemical intermediate factory in China, um, it's devastating and it's so far removed from our uh, consciousness here in America as consumers, but literally the fast fashion um, and the disposable fashions that we're buying every day contribute to the, not just the existence of those factories, but their race to the bottom in terms of sacrificing health uh, and worker safety and environmental standards in order to be the low cost provider. Every day that we are supporting the fast fashion industry, we're supporting that ecosystem continuing and it's another dollar going to support um, this race to the bottom in terms of uh, the fashion industry. Stony Creek Colors is really a chemical manufacturer. It's just the case that all of the materials that go into the chemical that we make are from plants. Ultimately, the challenges that we solve inside the factory are um, pretty typical kind of process, uh, process control and monitoring reaction conditions and um, you know, making sure that we have the highest throughput um, and are operating efficiently. Those things allow us to make really a higher purity natural indigo than anything else available on the marketplace and uh, really open the door for some extremely exciting kind of market applications that were not really possible before with other um, natural indigos. Uh, but ultimately our ability to do that requires us to go kind of much deeper and further back in the supply chain. So everything from um, working to make sure that the plants we're growing are the right variety for that particular farmer and their um, production methods, that um, the farmer is doing the right things in terms of the agronomics of the field and um, fertilizing and weed control and um, planting date and that Stony Creek is harvesting at the right time. Uh, so our business model really um, has been designed to lower the barriers barriers to entry for farmers to get into growing indigo with Stony Creek colors. So we do everything from growing up the seed supply to cleaning the seed to um, sowing actually into transplant trays that are uh, then managed in greenhouses that either we operate or we coordinate the greenhouse production. Uh, and then those trays are disseminated out to farmers where they'll be planted in fields ranging from like 20 acres to 60 acres this year in 2019. Uh, so we have about 6 million plants in the field and um, those ultimately uh, get planted from about May through June and are um, processed once they're harvested by Stony Creek Color. So we've developed a mechan mechanical way of getting the biomass out of the field efficiently so that each morning the factory can um, start running during harvesting season in the morning without kind of waiting on the crop biomass for several hours, which is what we used to do when we had to harvest everything by hand. And so that lets us run about 120,000 pounds of plant material through the factory every day uh, during of the core processing season and we'll go out to a farmer's field about three times in the season and cut the uh, vegetation uh, each each harvesting time so three times in a season to really promote the regrowth of the biomass and keep that plant putting out as many leaves as possible 
our chemistry team here guides the reaction uh, parameters. Uh, so really what we do inside the tanks for the processing towards increasing the yield of indigo, you know, relative to the amount of leaves that come in the door uh, of the factory each day. Ultimately, our product is a natural indigo paste or powder that we sell to artisans and to industry. So, for example, denim mills are um, the main uh, customer of our natural indigo and really denim is where most indigo kind of globally is used and so really it's um, where we wanted to be focused on solving for this large environmental uh, issue which is the rampant use of synthetic indigo that is um, really um, made in sort of a shadowy secret world that is not um, not really the future of chemical manufacturing we think that the future of chemical manufacturing should be renewable. It should be safe enough uh, to have an open door, you know, a factory to be able to come in and see what's going on and say, uh, you know, I am comfortable wearing the end product of this factory and I'm comfortable with the chemicals that were used to make this end product. And if you can't do that, or the chemicals that went into it are so toxic that you would never dream of putting them on your skin, yet you're gonna wear the end product and you know that there's traces of those other um, chemistries, whether it's aniline or anything else. Um, you know, to me, that's the, the thing that we wanna be solving for. Way beyond the carbon sequestration value of, you know, choosing plant-derived chemicals versus synthetic chemicals. There are so many environmental reasons why we need to be working towards a future for chemistry that's based on renewables and sunlight instead of coal and petroleum that we need to start that now. So it might take 20 years for these solutions to be commonplace, but ultimately uh, this is this year-on-year -year optimization, right? We have missed out on 150 years of plant breeding for some of these crops that are frankly going to be lost if we don't take action now to say there are so many useful chemicals and constituents that come out of plants and um, it's really challenging work to commercialize those but it's important work and so I think that that's ultimately you know what we're here to solve for that future state that says we need to work with nature and model businesses off of what nature can offer, not fight against nature or have the environment be something that's kind of like a cost. <laughs> and in, instead of looking at it the way that we can, which is collaboratively with nature to say, um, let's harness what you're doing already. Uh, we can optimize it. We can use scientific tools to get more out of it. We can uh, create business models that help that be more and more efficient every year. Uh, but ultimately, it is how do we harness what nature is already doing to um, get the beauty that we want to have in our everyday life, uh, you know, whether it's through the clothing that we wear or the artist tools that we use or, um, or our surroundings. Um, there's a lot of opportunity there, and that's really what we're here to, to un unlock. So it's been a good ride so far, and we're happy to keep growing more indigo plants to keep going. Our company is based here in Tennessee, and we're working with farmers in Tennessee and Kentucky to grow our biomass that we process into the natural indigo uh, dye sold by Sony Creek Colors. The indigo varieties that we grow are Persicaria tinctoria, Indigofera tinctoria, and Indigofera sofruticosa. 
the last two are the tropical legumes and the persicaria is um, uh, in the buckwheat family and is an annual crop, uh, more, has more like leafy, um, uh, leafy herbaceous matter than the tropical indigo and the tropical indigo will have more of a woody stem and can be perennial in some parts of the world, although not in Tennessee. One of the reasons that we chose to locate the business in Tennessee and where we are um, in the northern middle Tennessee uh, region is because it's an uh, area that has really prime productive agricultural land. And yet being within you know an hour or two drive of Nashville area, it is under insane development pressure, yet there are really incredible productive family farms still in this area. And by locating the business here, we really are um, hoping and helping to provide an alternative crop that can uh, have more consistent and compelling returns than alternatives like corn or soybeans, for example. Ultimately, a lot of our growers are former tobacco farmers. A couple are still farming tobacco, but uh, the economic return that tobacco provided is just... Um, not there anymore as fewer people are using the product and certainly as labor costs in agriculture continue to rise. And so for us, really being able to mechanize the parts of the business that Stony Creek manages for the grower, everything from uh, the sourcing the seed, uh, producing the seed in the first place, uh, managing the, the ag logistics of greenhouse crop production, and then really with executing the harvest for the farmer and transporting all that biomass back here, uh, we are providing a um, diversification crop that lets them keep growing um, indigo in rotation with other crops that they're growing and ultimately to keep their land in agriculture. Because there's no trade-off between natural indigo and food, or frankly any crop, there is enough cropland in the world to feed all people and uh, it's wasted right now. Um, a lot of food goes bad and that's the thing that we need to be solving for if we're worried about feeding people. We definitely don't need to be worried about the couple, um, you know, <laughs> maybe tens of thousands of acres that could go into natural indigo because the reality is if more farmers were growing indigo using our cropping system, farms would be more productive. Uh, they would sequester more carbon, which would be good for global warming, certainly, and uh, add more nitrogen for subsequent crops. So we could actually cut down on um, synthetic nitrogen and chemical use out in the fields. For farmers of ours that are using no-till production methods, I think this helps go really even a step further to build up that organic matter in the soils to make them more resilient in the face of agricultural challenges like global climate change. We know that building up organic matter is one of the best things that you can do to increase the water holding capacity of soils, uh, which helps them um, not just absorb more water kind of safely during rainfall events, but also to uh, store water in times of drought. So as we're faced with all of these really intense climate challenges that are happening agriculturally, uh, it's just more important than ever to offer farmers real viable alternative crops that are going to bring, uh, bring more sustainability to their fields. That's ultimately what natural indigo can do, you know, within the confines and, and um, growing system that we've developed in, in terms of everything from planting to the crop genetics that we have for the indigo uh, through the harvesting method. So we know that uh, indigo is a sustainable crop for growers and we're really excited to expand um, to more and more growers each year as the, um, as the market 
kind of increases for our natural indigo. We've been really lucky to have a very kind of diversified customer base. So we have really incredible artisans that use our natural indigo and help us promote it, which is the, really the most helpful thing uh, for us. Uh, brand, fashion brands are using our natural indigo in their denim products especially. So we have customers like, uh, and, and brands like Patagonia, uh, Lucky Brand, Wrangler, who have used our natural indigo in their denim collections and uh, and they will label it, you know, Stony Creek Colors Natural Indigo or it'll say Tennessee Grown Natural Indigo. And so certainly if you are um, wanting to make sure that the thing you're buying that says natural indigo is really natural indigo, I, I would, you know, encourage you certainly to uh, check into the certifications that the uh, denim mill actually is able to present or the brand is able to present that helps, uh, you know, con a consumer to make sure that what they uh, think they're buying is what they are getting. When... Starting this business, I knew that we needed to process indigo in a different way to really grow the market. It wasn't enough for us to just say we want to be producing natural indigo in the United States. We want to replace synthetic indigo with natural indigo, and we believe that in order to do that, we absolutely have to have new ways of not just growing indigo, new ways of processing indigo, uh, new incentive models for farmers that are allowing them to grow alternative crops that are going to um, really be the future of the chemical industry in the United States. And so all along the value chain from seed to how the crops are grown to how it's extracted, we are investing in R&D, so research and development, to really innovate new methods of um, of reaching that goal. The process chemistries that we use today in our factory were not the ones that we started with when we were running our first industrial kind of batches in 2015. So every season we are doing process development. We are in the lab uh, running chemistry, uh, kind of basic chemistry and applications to say, you know, if we're tweaking this parameter, what will happen to reaction times or purity of the end product or yield? And so it is really an iteration across the whole team. So we are really cross-functional in terms of um, having the organic chemists talk with process development people, talk with our plant breeding team. Uh, a, you know, good example of that is the analytical tools that we can now use in plant breeding were originally uh, new methods that we developed in the chemistry lab to further some of our chemistry R&D. And so uh, today we have over 20 employees on the company uh, and uh, that's an incredible thing kind of just in its own right, but uh, it's factory operators, agricultural harvesters, you know, CDL drivers, research chemists, uh, engineers, plant scientists, ag support team. And so we have um, a really great group of people that are every day coming in to figure out not just how do we stay on our um, production schedule and make sure we do what we set out to do for the season, which is grow and process a ton of indigo, <laughs> uh, more than a ton technically. A lot of indigo is what we have uh, in store for this year and for every season to come. Oh, and so um, really making sure that the team is focused kind of on the day to day, you know, these are the operational uh, realities that we need to hit in order to stay a functioning business and to prove sort of 
natural dyes can scale. And then we have this really, you know, long-term, more strategic uh, vision for here's what we also think natural dyes can do. Here's where we think indigo can be in terms of yield per plant, yield per acre, processing economics. And, and so it's a pretty multifaceted approach. We definitely have a team that we ask a lot out of, right, from not just an innovation and science perspective, but just in terms of a daily hustle of, uh, we're working in ag in Tennessee. It's hot and hard. <laughs> and so uh, this just happens to be where we believe the business is best suited to grow from because uh, we have all, you know, we can grow all three varieties here. We have a great base of farmers that are really uh, seeking alternative crops and uh, wanting to farm them sustainably through no-till methods, for example. And uh, we have sufficient rainfall that really lets us naturally irrigate so that we don't have to add that, um, that kind of extra environmental burden to our agricultural crop production. The other day I came across uh, in moving my offices from our old research lab up to the factory, this kind of like Gantt chart from 2015, I think, that was kind of what our uh, quarterly and annual priorities were. And it was to grow six acres of indigo which I don't actually think in 2015 we hit that target. We had, um, it was really, we've been facing tons of challenges every season and they always change. Uh, but we had got a couple of acres of indigo under our belt. And so to go from that to uh, over 6 million now um, has taken some really rapid scale up in terms of uh, building the business model sort of of the, for the future seasons during a year of running kind of in an older or ant more antiquated um, method, whether it was much more labor intensive or you know we hadn't quite figured out what equipment and tools we were gonna need to move forward into the next season. So there's just been a lot of trial and error in terms of uh, equipment, everything from processing equipment to harvesting equipment to seeding to how are we gonna clean the seed, how are we gonna plant the seed. Um, every year we've had a ton of misses in terms of uh, where we thought we would be and then where we are. Um, and really, I think that uh, it takes such a resilient group of people to work in agriculture in the first place and to um, every season go out and fight these sort of like unknown battles of weather and market and risk and labor uh, and layering on top of that that there's really no publicly available information on growing natural indigo kind of at the scale um, meant that we have to do a lot of work in-house to get to that future state. So for us here, I mean, that's just we're grateful to be the ones that get to innovate in natural indigo in the way that we're doing it. And so it's a, a responsibility that we take really seriously to um, make sure that every year we're improving upon uh, the processing method, the agricultural method, the um, chemistries that we're using to really build what the future of natural indigo could be. That's what we are, that's what we're doing. It doesn't mean we haven't stumbled really a ton on the way to kind of get here. And it, I'm sure we'll have further to, to um, further to climb. And um, that just necessarily comes with uh, striving to hit some targets that maybe we won't be able to. Ultimately, I think that we know natural indigo has been an undervalued crop in terms of its potential for, um, 
really helping transform farm ecosystems, for bringing sustainability to soils, and ultimately for uh, helping customers and artisans, I think especially that um, are uh, really paying for and uh, deserving a real traceable and transparent uh, plant-based supply chain. So I think that the tools and kind of the resources to now make that happen at, at scale are here. And it's really important now moving forward to, to make sure that we're setting our eyes on the future to say, you know, how do we get natural indigo in the hands of more people and um, continue to grow the business. I'd like to thank Sarah for taking the time to talk with me and thank the rest of the incredible team at Stony Creek Colors for allowing me to tag along as they complete their important work with Natural Indigo. This episode of the Natural Dye Podcast has been produced by myself, Kelsey Doty, and my co-producer, Britt Bowles. I grew dyers, Japanese indigo. Our theme song, Tinctoria, is written by Liz Galorn and her band. Please make sure to support them on Bandcamp. We hope you can join us next time, and thank you for listening to the Natural Dye Podcast. Natural.